Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins, and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode 443. You're going to learn a lot today because our guest is absolutely brilliant. But three key things. One is you're going to learn how to change from a service business into a product business funded originally by a client. The second is you're going to learn how to leverage the Salesforce platform to build a vertical solution and the best way to to work with Salesforce on that. And then the third thing is the world of B2B is very much changing and, and in particular the way that the sales cycle works. And uh, our guests will show you exactly or tell you exactly what's happening and how to adapt. So if you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear, please subscribe. If you're a regular, always appreciate those reviews. There's going to be a summary in the app you're listening to. You can get the full transcript at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And before we go into the interview with Tom, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is the Cloud Consultants Collective. It's where just great like-minded peers get together to help each other with our business. It's less around tech, it's more around business. You can go to the cloudconsultantscollective.com. And the second is SendSpark. It's a wonderful video platform that allows you to personalize videos and you can get six months free by going to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark. So today's guest is Tom Burton. He's over 30 years of experience helping forward-thinking businesses develop and implement innovative technology-based strategies and solutions that drive sales and predictable revenue growth. That, doesn't that sound good? Tom is an investor and a co-founder in Lead Smart Technologies, which he talks a lot about today, which he's developed an innovative, a unique CRM and collaboration platform that enable businesses to visualize what is taking place with their prospects and customers so they can proactively assist their prospects and customers to reach the revenue zone. Tom makes that sound a lot more simple when he talks to you. He also serves as a trusted advisor to companies and investment firms that are looking to leverage technology-based solutions, improve their marketing reach new qualified prospects and achieve predictable revenue growth. Tom graduated from the University of California, Santa Barbara, where he lives today, and he's got a degree in computer science and currently resides there, as I said, with his wife, Lauren. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Tom Burton from Lead Smart Technologies. Fantastic to have you here, Tom. Hey, Paul. Yeah, great to be here. Excited to, to get into it. Yeah, same here. Um, why don't we do that? So why don't we talk about uh, who your ideal client is? So, you know, who do you love to to work with and what are some of the problems you help to solve with them? Yeah, so our company, um, Lead Smart Technologies, our ideal customer, our, our target market, our manufacturers, well, there's an ecosystem, but manufacturers, manufacturer reps and distributors. And all of those that group together is what we call the wholesale distribution ecosystem. Whereas you have a manufacturer that makes a product like our microphones or our desks or whatever the case may be, very rarely does that manufacturer sell directly to the buyer. They sell through a dealer or a distributor. They may have manufacturer's reps that then work with this dealers and distributors. So there's 
layers of indirect sales that go along the way. And you can imagine that the challenges that exist, right? That I'll just give you a simple example is if I'm a manufacturer, again, going back to our microphone, and let's say I'm at a trade show showing off our, my brand new microphone and I get all these leads. Well, I have to then be able to get those leads to the proper seller, the proper distributor, the proper rep. And then I also need to make sure that I have accountability on what's happening with those leads. Are they getting followed up with? Um, all of that kind of stuff. And then as a distributor down the line, I have to make sure obviously that I'm selling to my existing customers. I'm increasing wallet share with those customers, all of those types of things. So all of that is the market that we serve is that wholesale distribution composed of manufacturers, manufacturers, reps, and dealers or distributors. Brilliant. And, and how did you come across this? This opportunity. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. We had a I I was I had a digital marketing agency in the in a previous life. And I was working for a client in Australia. And they were a new and emerging manufacturer of respiratory um products. So like stuff you would wear in a hospital or yeah. or if you were welding or or things like that. And they had a really unique product. And we were helping them uh break into the US. So they had quite a bit of traction in Australia and in Europe, but we were helping them launch in the US. And so we did a lot of shows, we did a lot of digital media, or, you know, and we were generating tons of leads and tons of um, interest for them. And when we started, all of those leads were just going on to a spreadsheet. Yeah. And, and then they were like, they had, you know, sales teams. So they had kind of three layers. They had an internal sales team. They had a manufacturer's reps representing different territories in the U.S., and then they had a whole distributor uh, network as well. So anyway, these, as we said, these leads were just going into a black hole. Like nobody knew what to do with them. If they did know what to do with them, they weren't. there was no way of having accountability. And finally, their, their CFO said, you know, we're spending a lot of money on marketing. We're spending a lot of money on shows. We're clearly generating a lot of interest. But we have no way of managing this or tracking this or or having visibility on it. And so we ended up, um, long story, but we ended up establishing a partnership with Salesforce. And we then built a really a purpose-built product on the Salesforce platform that aligned, that solves not only the problem I just described, but really the problems in general that you know these manufacturers and distributors and and manufacturers rep have. And, you know, the, the benefits were huge for the, for this company. Um, all of a sudden they had visibility on what was happening with the leads. They had a way to understand which shows and which marketing investments were actually starting, you know, were paying off and which ones were not, where did they put more money? And, you know, they even made some really strategic decisions on how they go to market and even some of the pricing things based on the visibility they had. So it was real game changing going from like the, as I said, the black hole to having this visibility. And, you know, the CEO in Australia is trying to run an international business and have, and we went international with this. So yes. it was in the U S and across Australia and across Europe. And now she had full visibility on what was happening with her business as it related to sales and growing the sales and, in the world that they were in, which is the whole manufacturing world. So it was pretty cool. And then from there, you know, that's been four or five years ago now. So the products evolved quite a bit and we've added a lot more to it. And uh, the good news is that this market is really, um, you know, starting to understand the need and the, and the value for what we do. You know, this is a yeah. market that's been 
not necessarily early adopters of technology, yes. but they're they're realizing they need to do you know they need to start uh, catching up. So uh, that's brilliant, and we'll sort of get into more of the the product in a moment. I just want to firstly go, you know, why did you pick Salesforce? Why did you pick Salesforce as a platform? Because I'm assuming when you're a digital agency, you weren't using Sales. Sorry. Were you a Salesforce partner when you were in the digital no, we weren't. agency? No, no, we weren't. No, so we had no, we weren't a HubSpot or a Salesforce or anybody with the agency. Um, the reason we picked Salesforce is I had a friend who was a Salesforce partner, yes. and um, and you know he was showing me some of the things that he was doing and the framework for the partnership. So we ended up doing a partnership with Salesforce. It's a bit unique. There's not tons of them. What's called an OEM agreement or an OEM partnership. And what that allows us to do is actually take their core platform and then use that to build our own software, but then everything gets sold directly to us. So our customers do not buy anything from Salesforce. They buy everything from us, but we're essentially powering our solution based around the Salesforce plat- platform, the Salesforce cloud. So they get the best of all worlds of getting the performance, the security, the power of the platform with our solution, but buying directly and being supported directly from us. So that's called an OEM partnership. Salesforce also has a what's called an ISV partnership, where you basically build apps and then you sell to customers that already have Salesforce. Yeah. Um, and we have that too. We have an app that we can install on top of um, a company that already has sales cloud or an existing use of that. And then they have consulting partners as well. But we're, and so within that OEM partnership, there is a subset of those partners that are considered strategic partners. And there's about 20 or 25 of those. We're one of their strategic partners as well. So um, mainly because of the market that we're going after, it's not a market that it's a vertical that it's not a vertical that Salesforce has invested a tremendous amount in. They see the opportunity. Um, so we've been very fortunate to be part of their strategic partner program and, um, you know, it gives us access to a lot of things that it's, it's been super helpful. Brilliant. So, so just so I'm clear. So if, if someone gets lead smart, do they have to have Salesforce? No, no, no. So most of our customers have no CRM yep. when they come to us. Yes. Okay. So. And then they just buy lead smart from us. So that's it. So they don't, they don't know. They, they, I mean, they, they know about Salesforce in the sense that we tell them, right. That we're built yeah. on the platform and you'll yeah. see some Salesforce branding here and there, but yeah. they buy directly from us. So they don't exactly. buy anything from Salesforce. They buy everything from us. Yeah. Okay. And, and how much of sales cloud of Salesforce do they get in your product? Well, the platform of which sales cloud is built on right which has basically all the underlying components if you will that's all in our platform we're just we're re, we're using the the platform capabilities differently than you would in sales cloud because our solution is very purpose built yes. for this industry so we're taking advantage of a lot of the same things but we're packaging them and presenting them and utilizing them in a in a in a much different way than you'd have with sales cloud which is a vert or a horizontal solution this design for anybody and everybody. Right? Yeah, so brilliant. It's a different brilliant. So, so I know that you know we've only got a certain amount of time, uh, yeah. and this could be a, a hard one to answer in a short period of time. But now, what was the? Tell us a little bit about the experience of dealing with Salesforce, right? So, let's say you know you're listening to Tom here. You're saying, look, I see you know 
an exact opportunity in a different market. I've always wanted to talk to Salesforce to become an OME or or something like OEM. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, was it an O? OEM. So it's okay. like, you know, a original equipment manufacturer. Yeah. They call that an OEM because we're we're bundling what they're doing versus, you know, selling on top of what they already have. Yeah, great. So so yeah, tell tell us the short version of of how that partnership came about. Well, I think I know. I should say we got a head start because I had a, we had a friend with a pre-existing relationship. Yeah. That was able to help us get in there. So, I won't I won't uh, say that we didn't have a head start. Yeah. Um generally though what you would you would do is go in through their ISV program, which is building an app on top of their app exchange. Um and then once you've started down the road of the ISV program, then you can also apply to be an OEM partner. And then there's a process that you go through. Again, there's there's a lot of companies that have wanted to be OEM partners that haven't gotten it. So it takes it took us two years actually to get through to finally get a contract in place with them on this, um, even with a bit of a head start. Getting becoming an ISV partner can happen very quickly, but yes. the OEM partner took a bit longer, but it was worth it. Right. Because like I said, and, most of our customers have nothing. So yeah, and sorry, Tom's and you were running the digital agency to fund that this side of the business at that stage. So you're doing both. Yeah. Um it, yes, and that's exactly what happened. And eventually I phased out more of the digital agency stuff. Although we, believe it or not, even with Lead Smart, we have customers now coming to us asking them to help them with their, you know, marketing, especially around generating leads or going to market or or whatever. And it's not, you know, but that's not our focus. I'm not, I don't spend, you know, like then I had a whole, you know, ads team and paid media team and all of that. I don't do that now. The focus is more on the software side of things. So we ended up transitioning really yeah, more right. into the software side. Yeah, so so back to Salesforce, if there's anything that you, you know, you learned and you just thought, wow, that's, you know, that's completely out of left field. I never knew that. I'd have to do that to get this thing, um, you know, successful as it is. As far as the partnership goes, or yeah, with Salesforce, yeah. Um, you know, the the, the really the the secret is is to first of all understand what they're looking to do, right? Like anything, right? Look for what what they're trying to accomplish. They're trying to move into different verticals and provide more vertical market centric solutions, which has not been there area. They're also looking to expand internationally more. And our solution even started internationally, but um, and we have some international customers as well. So it's a way for them to get more international presence from those those things that are there. And I think we also got, we have a really awesome partner manager. So we have a person within Salesforce that we meet with uh, minimally every other week. Um, you know, I was out at Dreamforce, their big show uh, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, I guess now, but longer than that, spent, you know, all kinds of time with our partner manager. He, uh, you know, introduced us to people. Um, I mean, really, really has, and they've really done a great job of just, you know, enabling us, right. And helping. And, and if we need something, if we need some technical, he's like, oh yeah, we have a team for that. And, you know, he'll introduce us to the right team. And, um, you know, that's been super valuable because a it allows us to really take full advantage of the salesforce platform but at the same time allows us to focus on what we do which is our core application rather than 
you know, having to build a platform that we're spending all of our time building and debugging and so forth. So it, it's right. really been a, a positive thing. Great. And how much of the product that's that was fully functional? Like what I'm, the question I'm trying to ask here is, you know, was it funded by the customer to a point where you could then sell it to other customers or to did you? To a degree, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to a degree. I would say that 20 to 30% of what is in Lead Smart, we call it Lead Smart Channel Cloud. That's the name of the product. What's in Lead Smart Channel Cloud today is probably 20% of what we built for that original client. Yep. But since then, it's evolved tremendously. But yes, I mean, getting that first client and then we, we've, we've bootstrapped everything up to this point, although we're in the process of raising a funding round right now just to be able to honestly take, um, take advantage of the, of the growth that we had. And I'll just say one more thing that's, you know, what since we're talking about partnerships is one of the things that's been very f- successful for us, other than just the Salesforce partnership is we've been able to partnership, partner with industry buying groups and associations and things like that in the industry that are endorsing us and saying, Hey, if you're a member of this association or this buying group, you really need to look at lead smart because it's built for this industry and it's built for what you do. Um, yeah. And that's also been, you know, having that that seal of approval really is, especially in a market that is not early adopters, has been very, very valuable. Yeah, I think that's so smart, right? It, uh, you know, on every occasion, if you can get the one-to-many sale or the endorsement, is yes. it makes it so yes. much easier, right? Uh, certainly on the marketing side, it means you've got to do less marketing. I know you come from a digital marketing agency background, but it's, you know, you need to do less of that. Well, um, we, we call it an endorsed account-based marketing strategy, right? Because we have they have an exact list of members that we're able to market to, and they're endorsing us and co-marketing with us. Like we'll do webinars together and things like that. So it gives us, you know, I won't call them warm, but it certainly gives us again an advantage over trying to just, you know, go to cold, cold leads or find, you know, cold opportunities. And and to get, uh, let's say, and you don't have to give a figure here, but to get to a revenue generating product, what do you think it's the investments been? You know, in ballpark figures, has it been, you know, under a hundred thousand, under you know five hundred thousand? Like, what what sort of the ballpark? If if I'm listening to Tom and I'm thinking I really want to do this, you know, how much have I got to bootstrap? Yeah, I think you can get a minimum viable product for sure, and that's again the advantage of using something like the Salesforce platform, right? Because you're investing in the application, not the platform. And a lot of startups spend a lot of money investing in their platform versus focusing on the application. So I would say, you know, again, if you're taking the route, we were certainly less than $100,000. You can have maybe even 50, it depends upon what you're building, right? And the the product and the market. But um, the the only thing I would say is, is that, you know, it's one thing to build something for a for a specific client. There's a, quite a bit of product management work that has to go on to take something you just built for one person and make sure it's ready for commercial, you know, application across many customers. Yes, and that's probably where the, but we were able to battle test it right with this client and then take it and commercialize it and put it into something that could be used by, configured and used by multiple clients. But yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to cost a lot because again, you're not spending all of this money on the platform. You're investing in the application. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it's uh, really smart, and we've got, I've got quite a few clients to do a similar thing on different platforms as well. So you know, I've got 
clients that are doing it on top of Zoho, some clients are doing it on top of HubSpot, et cetera. Yeah. I think uh, it's great. I know Salesforce is, you know, by far the most progressed on this, but um, I think it's a great way to do it. And, and you know, I, I know that, um, you know, you have also uh, written a, a book. You know, you've recently launched the book. How does the book sort of tie in? So what's the key themes of the book and how does it sort of help you sell more of yeah. uh, what you've built? So the book is called The Revenue Zone. And um, the, the subtitle is The Ultimate Playbook for the Next Generation of B2B Sales, Marketing, and Predictable Revenue Growth. So yeah, give us a quick back. quick show for those that are watching via video. Sure. Um, I don't know if it's going to show up well on video here, but yeah, it's, it's because of the background. But yeah, uh, yeah, okay. it's, it's it's called the Revenue Zone and the RevenueZone.com. But where that where it came out of is in I was at a, a investor board meeting. Um, God, I think it was now right shortly after COVID started, so June, July, two thousand twenty, yeah. and you know, one of the board members was saying, you know, well, tell me a bit about your pipeline and, you know, how many board meetings, right? You go to, and they want to understand your sales pipeline. And, and I, and I write about this in the book. This is really how the book starts is I, they said, well, how confident are you about that pipeline? And it was like, somebody had just punched me in the stomach and threw cold water on me all at the same time. Yes. It wasn't a, it wasn't a reaction I expected, but it was, uh, I, I just kind of caught flat footed and I realized I wasn't confident at all. And, you know, I've been doing sales and marketing my whole career. It's not, this was my first rodeo, you yes. know? And um, so I, as an engineer, as by an engineer and background, I was like, okay, what happened here? So what I did is peeled the onion a bit and long story short, but this is what I kind of outline in the book is the buyer journey and the way that buyers buy and how we needed to adapt to be able to sell to the way that these buyers buy, we weren't doing it. Right. We were we were operating like it was 2015 and here it was 2020. And 2020, and with these same sort of shifts occurring, but being amplified by COVID and being amplified by the pandemic. So it was being, you know, pushed at us. The headwind was being pushed at us even faster, right? Than we than we would have um, you know, normally. So I just was like, I gotta figure this out. And I spent you know, a few months really just digging in and what had happened and why, and, and, you know, talking to people and other people were saying, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing. And I said, I got to put this into a book. And so, um, ended up sort of documenting a lot of it into the, the book. And I really do believe that what, you know, the, the new playbook, as I call it in there and, and how you sell today with buyers that want to do a lot of online research, they want to be in control of their own journey. <clears throat> they don't want to talk to salespeople until they're ready to talk to salespeople. You know, the the whole idea of just generating leads and then having a, a, a SDR team or a BDR team or what, it's just like, it doesn't work. And if it, and if it does work, it works at a level where it's so expensive that it's not practical, yes. right? So, yes. and especially now than ever, right? You have to have more profitable, much more efficient, let's put it this way, sales and and, and marketing. So, Anyway, that's the that's the short story where the book came from, and yeah, there's quite a few uh, stories and anecdotes in there from from all of this. But it came from real life experience and knowing that, man, I had to change, and I needed to, ch and we needed to change fast. Um, and we're still learning, right? I'm not going to say we're expert, but 
we have shifted a lot and we can definitely see the fruits of the labor from from making that shift right and and is the you know the revenue zone is it so once again you know listening to tom you're a could be a Salesforce partner, you could be another platform partner, right? And you're thinking, so is this book for me, Tom, or is this book for my clients, my end clients, or is it for both? Like who? So this who? book is for any company that's selling bigger ticket B two B predominantly, but even any sort of bigger ticket considered purchase, right? If you're selling e-commerce or or you know stuff that you're putting in a credit card for. It's not that you couldn't get something out of the book, but that's not who the primary audience is. The primary audience is for sales and marketing organizations that are selling, like we are, right? Software, software systems or manufacturing systems. Or um, It's interesting. We're getting more and more of our target customer, the manufacturers and the distributors, reading the book and applying it in their business, which is, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, if you're selling something that is, you know, a considered purchase and a bigger ticket and B2B and, you know, it has a sales cycle of some sort associated with it and multiple people involved in the decision. That's, that's the ideal reader for this book. Yeah. I think Gartner recently said that 60% of, I can't remember if it was 60% of the, of the sales processes without a salesperson. So yeah, it's no, only it, the last forty percent. You you probably know the research better than I. Yeah, no, and in fact, I think I quote that in there. I think that it's I think it's now over seventy percent, right? Wow. Over seventy percent of the buyer research and journey is done before they even reach out to a salesperson. So, and why is that? Right? It's because people don't want to be sold. They don't want the pressure. They don't want the, you know, I mean, how many times you've gone to a website, right, and downloaded a white paper or an ebook or something. And then you're bombarded with phone calls and emails and text messages. And you're just like, stop. I just wanted to read your content, you know, and that's what people we're all trying to avoid. We don't want that. So what the book talks about is, okay, how to play in that dark world, how to play in that anonymous world, but then how do you provide value that then actually causes the prospect to want to deal with you sooner? So rather than waiting until 70 or 80% done, maybe they'll deal with you at 40%. And then that gives you a huge advantage over, you know, uh, somebody who is not getting involved in a sales cycle until 70 or 80% down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's um, certainly, you know, I'm with my clients, I'm recommending them have a similar thing. So there's, you know, there's different, different industries, but if, if you are, so one example is um, um, the sales forecasting, right? So, you know, if you're a sales director, what do you need to know to actually pick the right sales forecasting partner? What do you, you know, when vendors come in and pitch at you, what do you need to know, et cetera? So yes, he's a consultant in that space, but he's actually helping the sales director by saying, these are the things that you should really know, right? Okay. So you're being you know, a, a trusted guide, right? You're being an on. advisor and a guide. You're not being a salesperson. Spot on and let that, therefore, they educate themselves and, you know, all the things that you talked about. So, uh, right. yeah, so that's that's excellent. So, once again, you can get the lead, the revenuezone.com is Correct. where you can get it. It's also on Amazon. And, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend you reading it because it is very, very aligned to not just what you do, like Tom said, but it's also what your clients are doing, right? So, it helps even further, especially if you're providing the the software that supports that it 
you know, it helps it a, a lot further. And as far as um, your, you know, like you said, you're using associations, uh, is there anything else that you're doing or that you've found to uh, fast track your growth of, of the lead, uh, lead smart tech or lead smart? Yeah. Is there anything else yeah, you're doing? No, I, I think it's, it, it's, you know, it's leverage the ecosystem, right? I mean, that, and it ties right back to what we were just talking about a second ago is we knew that in the, in my co-founder and lead smart has been in this industry his whole career. So my co-founder is a lot, I've known him since kindergarten. So we've been friends for, well, I won't even say a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and so he's been in this industry, knows this industry inside and out, understands the, I guess, culture, if you want to call it the industry and how the, and so, you know, he was like, look, if we're going to be successful, we've got to be, we've got to be endorsed by the right people. We've got to be, you know, um, we've got to be considered, um, endorsed and credible. And so not only have we worked to, to spend time with those types of associations and buying groups, but even consultants that are in the field and analysts that are in the field and all of that, we do a, a weekly live show every Friday uh, called Around the Horn. And we just invite people in the industry and we have them come and talk. And, and it's been great. I mean, it's been a great way for us to um, just embrace the whole ecosystem and, 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 you know, become part of it. So it's, which is very different than, Hey, I'm going to go start, you know, buying a bunch of Google ads and, you know, trying to see who's searching for CRM yeah, or, or, or throw like a lot of sales, sales right. people's time and effort at it. Yep. And I think that's, yep. you know, what you're talking, I think is so powerful. I think there's two key things, you know, one is that you've moved from a service-based business into a you know, product-based business, which yes. you've gone through that transformation, but then you're also on the tail of, well, how do people really buy now and making yes. sure that you're, aligning to that so you know if you know the key message you should get from tom from here is um you know please don't just think that you know reaching out to someone and going to a sales call is going to cut it these days right it's it's not and a lot of you are technically brilliant you spend a lot of time knowing your product etc but that's not enough anymore right you've got to make it easy for people to buy and i think tom's well, a brilliant example of that and, and i and i you hit it well because the reason i decided to write the book is there's a lot of people that have built great products and have a lot of value to bring to the market and because they're not just like we weren't or not doing it efficiently because they're not marketing and selling efficiently no one gets a chance to find out about their product of what they're doing. So people love to buy. They just don't want to be sold. Yes. And so let's make it easy for them to buy and let's get, you know, and that's, you know, I'm a, I, I'm an entrepreneur myself, right? So I love helping and, and helping entrepreneurs and founders and companies that are bringing new products to market to be successful because 90, 90% of the time the products are awesome, right? And they solve a real problem. It's just, they have to be able to cut through the noise to get to the to the actual customer. Yeah, look, brilliant. All right, well, look, what we're going to do now is switch gears and go to the rapid fire questions. Okay, so ready all for right, that time. All right, here I am, yeah. All <laughs> here right, you go. go. So the first one is, what are some of the daily habits, sales habits that you do to help accelerate your business? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of, I'll just call it social selling. So I use LinkedIn mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I really make an effort to uh, comment and engage on LinkedIn and work with the, the people that, not only there are prospects, but again, our partners and people in our industry and 
all of that. And I've, I've, you know, obviously I've done that with my book as well. And I just find that is, you know, I'll spend at least an hour a day trying to do that. And it's certainly, certainly time well spent. Yeah, Brian. And the next is what about for you as around improving your sales abilities and skills and knowledge and for your team as well? Where do you go for that? It's everything we've just talked about, right? So it's practicing more what I wrote in my book, yes. right? It's like, you know, I, I can't say that I'm always perfect. And it's it's always sometimes you want to go do something because you want to quit. You think you're going to take a shortcut and you're going to get it to a quick result. So I'm constantly, you know, working on making sure that I have the discipline to follow the, what I wrote about and what others yeah. are doing and continuing to work on building demand and creating demand, which then having the confidence to know that that's going to turn into somebody who's going to want to do business with us. So um, it's, uh, you know, like I said, we always, sometimes we want to take a shortcut or we want to feel like we can take a shortcut because we need to accomplish something quickly. And you have to kind of, you know, talk yourself out of that. Brilliant. and. The next question is a wish, right? If we could grant you one wish for Lead Smart now, what would that be? Yeah, so I think unfortunately the word CRM to a lot of people is a four-letter word. Yeah. And it's and I understand why, because there's been a lot in the past with CRM that has either been used for like a big brother or to, you know, track somebody or whatever. And CRM today, and, and certainly the CRM that we do with LeadSmart is so different than that. It's, it's all focused on how to enable the, your sales team to make more money, giving them visibility into data and insights they didn't have, uh, helping them have open doors that they wouldn't have necessarily seen. It's like I say, kind of giving everybody a flashlight to help navigate through their customers. It's like, I, I would say we're 80% and LeadSmart we're, we're giving 80% and we're only taking 20% in terms of their amount of data that we're asking somebody to put in the system. But we're still fighting that sort of old school CRM thought. And we get caught in that a lot with people. Like, oh, CR oh my God, CRM. Oh, the other thing too, is people thinking that it's so difficult to implement and takes years to implement. And, you know, and, and we've done a lot of work to to make that you know much faster and adopted much faster. So my wish could be, I wish I could erase the CRM past <laughs> and really allow people to see the value of what can happen to your, your sales and marketing and revenue organizations with using a more modern uh, system and a modern approach. Right. Well, the last question is around you know what you know now. So given your journey from switching from a service business to a Product business building lead smart. What do you wish, or what do you know now that you wish you had have learned earlier? When you're building a product for a market, it's different than you're solving a problem for a customer. Mm. And there might be some overlap, right? But it's not the same. And I would have, if I were to do it all over again, and I continually want to do this and doing this more, is customer research. Like really, not just understanding a customer but understanding multiple customers and multiple prospects in your market. So you're building a solution for a market, not for a customer. Yeah. And I think that's a, sometimes we, you know, we build a solution for a customer and we think, well, then everybody's going to want that or everybody's going to need that. And there may be some people that need it, but it's not, you're not looking at it more holistically from a market perspective. So if you're going to make that switch, take the time to do the product ma management and the research and, 
whatever. And I wish we would have done more of that earlier, earlier on. Yeah, brilliant point. And I think most of, you know, I listened to, you know, how um how I built this and a lot of other podcasts. And often that's what people say, you know, the Spotify guy, others, et cetera. It's like, how do I prioritize what features and make sure that, you know, yes, it's everyone wants this, not singular. So look, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast, Tom. So for you, you can find out more about Tom at leadsmarttech.com. You can also, the book, don't forget, is the revenuezone.com. We'll have all the links in the show notes for both of those. And also reach out to him on LinkedIn because he is very active on LinkedIn. So we'd love to know that you've heard him on the show and reach out to him there. But Tom, uh, well done for the major transition you've made, but also the fact that you're making life so much easier for this particular vertical that you're working with. So uh, yeah, really great to have you on the show. Awesome. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Paul. Wasn't that a great interview with Tom? And I I love the way that he's really given you the framework. If you are thinking about launching your own product, in particular, your own product on Salesforce and becoming an OME, as he talked about, Uh, why don't you share what you've learned with Tom on LinkedIn? As I said, he's very active there. So we'd love you to, to reach out to him. You can get the summary. As I've said in the show notes, you can also get the full transcript of Paul Higgins mentoring dot com forward slash podcast and why not just well don't just keep it to yourself why don't you share it with others and uh, you know share it with other people that you know that are really interested in this they'll think you're a rock star and it'll help them check out the solo shows as well and if you're scaling your business and you want a proven framework why not check out our framework. It's the scaling framework for cloud consultants. You go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint and get your free copy today. Next week's guest or next time's guest is Matt Dixon, and he's got a brand book called The Jolt Effect. And he's really talking about how we should be selling in the future. And as always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.